Hello and welcome to Core of Score. I'm your host, Javon Kwaku, and we are back for another installment of this show. We are theming the show around adventure, and this is adventure more so in like the quote-unquote sense. Like all the all the games I'll be playing music from today will have adventure in the title. <laughs> and uh and not not so much like adventure games that they are adventure games because i mean why would you have adventure in the title if you're not an adventure game like that's just false advertising so this is going to be a nice show i think uh life is an adventure my life is sure uh, surely an adventure um 19 year old but i have uh, quite a lot of things to tell I've uh, seen a lot of people, been a lot of places. It's only my sophomore year of college, so I'm I'm still I'm still um kind of um an amateur adventurer. I'm still I'm still learning my chops, finding my way, finding my path through life. But uh what you just listened to, what I just introduced you guys to, was Escape from the City by Jen Senoue of Sonic Adventure Two. And actually, Sonic Adventure 2 was one of the one of the first games I played on the GameCube. It was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, I think. Um, and oh my God, that that is such an opening. Like this this song is the first, like pretty much the first song you listen to when you like boot up the game or like start playing the game, and it just throws you in. You're like Sonic on a like a skateboard kind of deal. I think you're on like a you're on some kind of like a it's almost like a snowboard, but you're just like snowboarding through the streets of like it's kind of like a San Francisco kind of like a city type vibe. So there's a bunch of hills and there's a bunch of like things to jump off of, trolleys, all that. And um, oh my god, it's just such a fun time. Um, what I will bring in next, our next segment is some bit bangers, and so you will be listening to. <laughs> You'll be listening to Staff Roll uh, by Katsuhiko Suzuki and Akihata from the game McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure. And uh, <laughs> I was actually really surprised finding this. I was like, I, I had no idea that, um, that there was a McDonald's game just in general. But, but actually, this is apparently a pretty good one, too. Like, this is just a good platformer to just play and enjoy. So uh, so I'll be playing that for you, as well as Sea and Ship Level by Hirokazu Ando from Kirby's Adventure, a true classic. So, um, so I'll get this going for you guys. Uh, stay tuned. You are listening to Core of Score on WPPM 106.5.
I hope you enjoyed this week's Bit Bangers. Um, once again, I played Staff Roll by Katsuhiko Suzuki and Aki Hata from McDonald's Treasureland Adventure and Sea and Ship Level uh, by Hirokazu Ando off of Kirby's Adventure. So uh, before, before we get to our next segment, uh, Scorecard, um, I'll be playing you a song from uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle. This is uh, Yoshikage Kira, Just Wants a Quiet Life by uh, Shikayo Fukuda. So yeah, so that was that was <laughs> Yoshikage Kira just wants a quiet life by Chikayo Fukuda off of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle. I'm not just doing this because I'm on part five of JoJo. I actually just because it has adventure in the title. All right, all right. So don't make any excuses. Don't holler at me. Don't like. Don't yell at me for this. <laughs> I love the show. I love the series. So I just wanted to give it a tiny bit of love on the show. So now we are on to scorecard, and this week we will be reviewing two two adventure albums. Uh, one from Star Fox Adventures, and one from Skylanders One: Spyro's Adventure. So the first one we're gonna go um, go through. I'm actually gonna play. I'm gonna play the song. Uh, I'm gonna play Barrel Run by David Wise and Ben Colum. Off of Star Fox Adventures, and um, tell me what you think. Tell me what you uh, what you hear, what you like about it. Thank you. 
So that was Barrel Run by David Wise on Star Fox Adventures. Now, um, oh, David Wise and Ben Cohen. My bad, my bad. Sorry about that. But um, this this album, this uh, this soundtrack is really um, it's really interesting. It's uh, very percussive heavy. It's it lends itself to a very like big tribal field. I feel, and I think, um, and actually. Now that I come to think about it, I didn't actually think about it before, but like Star Fox Adventures actually has a lot of like, especially in the costuming, the designs of the characters, um, they're very, um, they like have a lot of tribal wear. It's it's very lending to the times. And so I guess the music um, highly complements that. It um, It's atmospheric as David Wise is, like is tend to be known for. He, um, he puts a lot of um, thought in like putting background uh you can like kind of tell where you are based on the music um and the and one thing he does also is that he kind of makes us like a a song for every single one of like the levels or the stages in the game like he doesn't really skimp out like every single minute difference in a in a stage or level like he will make a new song for that and so that that is very admirable he um it sets every single stage apart and uh, also gives you more music from him to listen to. So that's always a plus. Um, yeah, so like I said, it's very, very percussive. Uh, there's a lot of synth leads um, to, to lead to that uh, kind of atmospheric, um, like ambience uh, kind of vibe that he's going for. Uh, really, really good stuff. I, uh, because he was working with Rare at the time, and Rare was working on Star Fox Adventures. I'm sure that's why he was um, tasked with with this game. But it would be it would be interesting to see if he can do any um, any more Star Fox stuff in the future. It would, uh, especially if there's like another Star Fox Adventures game. I'd be be really cool if they could bring him on. Um, I will play uh, Dark Ice Landing Strip off of the same. Uh, Star Fox Adventures album uh, for you right now, just to get a little bit more of a feel for the for the rest of the soundtrack.
So that was Dark Ice Landing Strip by David Wise and Ben Cohen off of Star Fox Adventures. Now, I think last last week or the week before or whenever whenever my first episode of the show came out, I, I think I gave kind of an arbitrary score on um, on Pokemon Coliseum soundtrack. And I don't know if I want to um, to put a score on a, on an OST or soundtrack as it's like it's very subjective. I think um, I think there's a lot to to gleam from even like bad soundtracks so like to know uh like there's there's still some good stuff in there there's still some um some good or bad or you and there's a lot of a lot of interesting techniques that they can use so i'm not gonna fault the entire ost if it is bad or i'm not gonna praise the entire one if it's good so i'm probably just gonna say it's good um this this um ost is good that that's that's what I think about it. It's it's a good one. It's a um, uh, it's more David Wise at his best uh, with Rare, and um, and Ben Colum's there to boot. He's um, he's also a fantastic composer, um, and so yeah. So that'll be my verdict for this one. Uh, for the next soundtrack, Skylanders One: Spyro's Adventure. Uh, this one is by Lorne Balf, and I'll get into Balf right after I play you one of his songs off the album, Perilous Pastures. So if you notice anything about today's episode is that there is a lot of percussion and Lauren Lauren Balf is actually like primarily a percussionist. Um he's a veteran composer 
in the entertainment industry actually he, he worked on many films tv shows like short films and uh several games but um but he he's been working with Hans Zimmer a lot because um he works at Hans Zimmer's company remote control productions which is a bunch of composers that are basically like it's it's like a like a group or a like a composer cohort cohort if you will and so He's done a lot of works with Hans Zimmer, um, and because of his like percussionist background, he it lends well to his uh, to his music in in this game especially, where each track is pretty much distinctly remembered by their percussion like percussive sound, percussive sound or percussive like tone. It, it gives each song a, a different like tone color or a different kind of feel. And um, and it's kind of interesting because I've never really uh, listened to anything that was kind of primarily percussion focused or like percussion driven in that there are percussive themes. So like usually there's more melodic um, like violins leading or piano leading or guitar leading. But the drums being the main focus here is really interesting and really different. So... I will play you Stone Town by Lauren Balfe off of Skylanders 1, Spyro Adventure. And you'll you'll get to understand a little bit more of what I just said with all the, like, how different the percussion is and how um, it, it differentiates itself based on the percussion.
you know, for as divisive as this game was when it came out, it really is like one of the best um, soundtracks I've actually listened to in terms of, especially in terms of what I was talking about before with um, with the percussion being like with the drums, all all the different kind of instruments he used to uh, to craft a, a beat, uh, like a central beat for each song. So now we are moving on and we are gonna, with our next segment, we're gonna move on to our tag, our tech anime and gaming segment. Um, this is the new segment that we have on the show and I'll be playing some uh, Moonhaven which is by Simon Forster off of Super Monkey Ball Adventure, <laughs> and um, I think I'll I'll play I'll play a little bit of it, but uh, not not all the way through. Just uh, just to get a a little glimpse of it. it. It's a very like kind of repetitive song, but it has really interesting elements in it. And I think uh, a lot of the soundtrack actually of Super Monkey Ball Adventure has a lot of like interesting elements where it's um the the music kind of just puts you right into uh the level without even like playing it like the, there's a bunch of like sound like for example there's a um there's a city level or yeah a city level and the only reason I know that is because when I was listening to the song like Mon- Monkey Topolis it like there were sounds of cars humming and there were sounds of like beeps and honks and like people yelling and so <laughs> that's all that was that's also a really interesting like way to uh to create kind of an atmosphere in in gaming or music in gaming and so i just wanted you to take a little bit of a listen before we get into our new segment Thank you. 
Welcome to this week's tag. Now, this week we have Studio Ghibli and Netflix. All the Studio Ghibli films are coming to HBO Max and Netflix. However, many people have already seen these movies like through legal uh, like purchasing or through some really sketchy sites, which um, I'm sure you know the ones. And um, but it's always great to to see them whenever you want. Uh, you can just plop down on a couch at like 2 a.m. at night and just like watch Ponyo for like the 10th time in a row, which is what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Dying Light 2 is delayed indefinitely. Now, initially planned for a spring 2020 release, Techland, the producer or the developers of Dying Light 2, have issued a statement that the game has been delayed as they need more time to fulfill their vision. Now, more information will be coming from them at a later date. Now, this has been a like, recurring th- uh, theme kind of uh, at the start of 2020 with like Final Fantasy VII getting delayed, um, with the Avengers game getting delayed, and Dying Light 2 getting delayed is kind of, kind of crazy. Like, um, the scope of the game is drastically expanded uh, from the first game and so I guess the developers feel that they are nowhere near the intended result of the game and that's very honorable I don't want them to push out a product that isn't especially to their specifications but will also won't also meet uh, customer expectations or consumer expectations so that is very good to hear Uh, Sega announces the year of 2020 with the year of Sonic. So remember in 2013 when it was the year of Luigi? Now it's just me? Alright. <laughs> well, in 2020, Sega was like, okay, this is gonna be the year of Sonic. Like we got the Sonic movie lined up, and we also have a bunch of new um, announcements coming every single month. So that's what they're gonna do. They already put up a website uh, for Sonic 2020 which is actually really cool it's really interesting it has a lot of art it has a lot of um, background on like the characters in sonic um like each of their stories which games they have been in uh it has a pretty much like an anthology of like all the all the sonic games where he's been um up to now and i think this is all leading up to uh sonic's 30th birthday so so we'll we'll see what uh sega has cooking for us for sonic now, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex 2045 is an upcoming anime series that um, Netflix will be distributing. Now, it, the trailer just dropped, and a lot of fans are left uh, uneased, a lot displeased, a lot just kind of angry and mad because, um, because the entire show is in, three, in CG, and CG is divisive just to start with. But a lot of people are liking it to like a PS2 game or like some of some of that era, like like CG and like models and everything. And I'm I'm completely dumb. Everybody always complains about CG. But this the trailer actually it showed it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I'm looking forward to to watching it. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting as I've only seen really um the first Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I haven't seen any of the other like side stories or 
any other series and i should probably get into that but um this this uh this show will be releasing later in the year later in the spring and so hopefully by then i won't be uh i won't be a disappointed fan so atari is building hotels now and they've been having a little trouble trying to build their new consoles so i don't know how this is gonna work out but fred chesney i think that's how you pronounce it the ceo of atari say that he wants these hotels to be more than just a place to stay. These hotels will house the latest in VR and AR technology, as well as become potential venues for esports events, which is really interesting. Now, the first hotel will be built in Arizona, but there are plans for construction in Las Vegas, Chicago, Denver, Austin, Seattle, San Francisco, and San Jose. Hopefully, these will be... Uh, profitable venture for Atari. They're they're really they're really just um, throwing their brand at everything now. So uh, hopefully it ends well for them. Now this will wrap up this week's tag. But coming up next is Composer Corner, and this week we got Koji Kondo. So I'll be playing uh, Taotel Mountain Range by Kazumi Tataka. Kozui Ishikawa, Minako Hamano, Koji Kondo, and Toru Mini Minigishi. <laughs> again, again, I'm gonna try my best to get these these Japanese names uh, pronounced correctly, but it's always it's always a struggle. So I'll pull that up for you guys right now. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Core of Score on WPPM 106.5. Thank you. 
Welcome to Composer Corner. This week's featured composer is Koji Kondo. Now, Koji Kondo was born in Nagoya, Japan on August 13th, 1961. He started taking organ lessons from the age of five and continued honing his organ skills in a jazz and rock cover band. He then went on to study at the Osaka University of Arts in the Art and Planning Department. He wasn't classically trained in composition, but felt inspired by the games he would love to play, like Space Invaders and Hong Kong, to try his hand in it. In his senior year, Nintendo looked at his university to find new sound programmers and composers. Uh, Kondo, now with much more self-taught experience, applied to only the Nintendo job, despite there being other companies looking for similar talent. Kondo adored synthesizers and video games and felt that Nintendo would be the only place he could fully express his love for the medium. He got the job and immediately started work on the Punch-Out! arcade cabinet in 1984. Then he created a manual for how to program Japanese pop music into the Famicom using a peripheral called Family Basic. After these two projects, Kondo would go on to compose the music for Super Mario Bros. in 1985 and The Legend of Zelda in 1987. These two games would jumpstart his career and cement his mark on the game industry as well as perhaps the music industry. Now, Kondo would work on compositions for a long time until uh, 1998, with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time being his last solo project. Since then, he has worked on the Mario and Zelda series of games as a sound director, supervisor, and other supporting roles. So Koji Kondo was really essential uh, to the foundation of Nintendo, especially on the Famicom with their flagship titles, Super Mario Bros. and Legend of Zelda. And so he kind of, like the sounds that you hear now with uh, Super Mario Bros., especially like the titular um, like world theme, that couldn't have existed without Koji Kondo. And it's crazy to think that um, through... So like there so many years have passed, we are still listening to like the same kind of motif that has been transformed, it's been remixed, it's been uh kind of elevated almost as like a one one of like the sound bites you when you when you hear it, you just instantly know where that's from. You instantly hear uh Mario's voice. <laughs> you instantly like kind of feel that like a, a little I, I wouldn't say like a hint of nostalgia I guess some people would probably feel a little bit of nostalgia um like with the music uh if they if they had listened to it in in their childhood and so it's very very interesting um like how he kind of hedged all his bets on Nintendo he was like okay I, I don't want to be anywhere else. This is the music isn't even entirely my passion, but I love games and I love like programming music. So so this is the place I'm gonna go. If I don't go, then that's it. That's the end of my. That's the end of that like career. That's the end of that career path. And so it was really interesting of him to do that. I'm um, really glad it paid off and he actually got the job. Um, again, like I said, he's been. Um, He's been doing like support roles since uh, since the aughts, since the early aughts, and and his mark is still pretty much um, he he leaves his mark on every single game that he he helps um, create the sound on. Um, he's yeah he's been pretty much he pretty much worked on every single Zelda game, 
every single Mario game and like every every like literally every single Mario game, like every single spin-off title, every like off-brand thing, every little tiny like 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 the this Mario and Donkey Kong uh little like puzzle series, like even even that. Like Mar- Mario uh Mario Hoops three on three. Like every single thing involving Mario he's been a part of. Then less so less so Zelda. He's been he's been letting other people handle Zelda like Zelda's new direction, especially um especially with the recent more recent titles. But um but he he has a mark on every single Mario game. And it shows, it shows. There's a there's a mark of quality that he, he leaves on his work and that he makes sure that others leave on their work. So he's he's perfect as a supervisor. He's perfect as a, a sound director, as somebody who's uh, supportive. And he's foundational to Nintendo's start and upbringing and kind of dominance in the early years. I don't think... Um, I don't think the games would have been as, like, um, as monumental if the music wasn't there to supplement, as the music wasn't there to to push people along, to kind of like to hum along, to sing along, and this was one of the things that he focused on the most early on, with making the themes for like Zelda and uh, Mario, was that he wanted to, very much so, create a create a song, create a track. That you can loop indefinitely. He actually even uh, himself he he looped his music indefinitely, like pretty much indefinitely, so as to to get his mind in like the mind of the player and be like, okay, like even if I listen to this a hundred times, even if I listen to this a thousand times, this is still enjoyable music. I can die as many times on world one four on level one four. And still, when I go back to one one, I'm still bopping along. I'm still ready to to hit it and ready to get all the way through again. Like this is that's 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 why that's why I admire him a lot in that he the trial and error process of things where it's like okay, if this doesn't work, then maybe I should try something else. Maybe I should maybe maybe this sound isn't quite right for for the ear for listening for like long extended periods of time and and he stroke a nice balance of like small memorable motif and catchy like a long catchy tune and so it it worked out for him uh really well um in like the in zelda and the legend of zelda in the original he wanted to make the the like dungeon themes contrast the world theme like heavily to know like straight then and there like you are in a dungeon, you are in unexplored area, and this is kind of threatening. And so that that was also something that was um, very evident in his early work. So now I must say goodbye. I must say thank you for, for listening with me, for being uh, with me today on my show. And I will send you guys off with a very fitting song, uh, Staff Credits, by Kenta Nagata, Hajime Wakai, Toru Minageshi, Koji Kondo, off of The Wind Waker HD. This one's a really good one, and I can't thank you enough for listening with me. 
Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have a good time. Thank you.